given to me to speak to you this morning and let God have his way. Amen. So if we could turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of First Samuel, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. First Samuel, chapter 16, verse 1 through 13. As we read this, you'll find this a very... Um, A story that you've probably read and heard before. And is everybody there? Amen. Amen. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Get up off your face, Samuel. Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, For I have provided me a king among his sons. Out of all the millions of Jews, God already knew what he was going to do next. And he needed a man, a prophet, that was listening to his voice to be that vessel to go and and anoint that next king. God always knows what he's doing, doesn't he? And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. God will always make a way, won't he? When we try to reason our way out of it, he'll always make a way. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. God is very specific. He'll even name the person. God knows what he's doing, right? And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. They feared the prophets in those days. They feared the men of God <clears throat> to that point, and, and they trembled, coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? Because sometimes the prophet came to speak judgment, and so they wanted to know why was he there. And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice, and he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh upon the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Everybody say chosen. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Everybody say chosen. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and he behold, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him, and now he was ruddy, and withal a beautiful of a beautiful countenance, and godly and goodly to look on, to look to look to. 
And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your good word. Your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide us under the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Lord, that your word and that the words that I speak would have be words of uh, a blessing, Lord, that words that would minister and, Lord, edify and lift up these here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And you can be seated this morning. I want to talk to you about when God chooses. When God chooses. And really this message is more of a, an encouragement, I guess, just from the way the Lord gave it to me, that just want to encourage you today. When God chooses, he knows what he's doing. And so no one on that day, when they all woke up for breakfast that morning, Samuel and David and, and his dad and his brothers, no one knew what that day was was about to hold. We, have you ever had a day like that where you where something happened that day that you weren't expecting to happen? You got a raise or some some profound thing happened in your life and you went, wow, I wasn't expecting that today. Anybody ever had that happen? I like when stuff like that, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes stuff happens and you go, man, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I wasn't expecting to get two flat tires, right? I wasn't expecting for my car to not start and my battery to be dead. Not this morning, not today. I got that meeting I got to get to. I wasn't expecting that. You know, life is full of unexpected moments. And so it was in the life of David and his brothers and his dad and, and Samuel. And, and, you know, if you, if you look at this situation, you know, you, you think about it. David nor his family had any idea that he was about to be chosen to be the future king of, to replace Saul. And that not only that, but that, and really, they didn't really understand this part, but that he was going to be chosen to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You know? And you could go back and study the life of David and who were David's great-grandparents. Boaz and Ruth. Boaz and Ruth. And Boaz was a Jew and Ruth was not. And so, you know, you just, you just, you never know what God's doing in your life. You may just think, I'm just this, this plain old person, I'm nobody from nobody and nobody, I'm nobody special, but then God comes along and says, I need you to do this. Wow. And so when God did this to David, he did it, we read that scripture, he did it in front of his brothers. He did it as a public thing. God didn't do this thing in a corner. He did it in a public way. He identified and it was kind of an indictment, I guess, on his brothers. Because <laughs> he said, God doesn't look at the outward man. He doesn't look at the, the stature and how, you know, how good looking he is and muscular he is. He looks at the inward man, the heart, the character of the individual that we were talking about downstairs this morning. He's looking at the character of the man. And, and David had not had, any, he'd been out there with the sheep and he had not really had any, any, 
negative influences in his life, and he just loved the Lord, and he would sit there with his harp and play and do all these things. And so God already, God was watching. God's paying attention in our life, what we're doing. And it wasn't that his brothers were bad necessarily, but they must have not had the relationship with the Lord that David did. Because what is the Bible calls says later on that David was what? A man after God's own heart. Well, that just, God didn't just decide that later. He decided that before he ever chose David. He was looking throughout the earth. He, he could, he was looking for a man to fill in that role to take over for King Saul because it repented him that he had chosen Saul because why? Saul's character, he, Saul let his character lapse. So God had to pick a new, somebody to replace Saul and he looked at the life of David because you know, God doesn't work. He doesn't operate in time and space like we do. He sees the end from the beginning to beginning from the ending. And so he saw the life of David, and he, he chose him out of all of his brethren. Like I said, not, not that his brethren were bad or anything. They just didn't have a pure heart like David did. And so I don't know about you, but I, I want the Lord to choose me. I want to be that vessel. Don't you want to be that vessel today that, that God says, wow, I want to use that person. They're committed. They're faithful. They're, I, I can see their heart. They, they're not hiding. They have no agenda that they're trying to to live by. They're just trying to be faithful to the kingdom. And so none of those people, up to and including the prophet, had any idea what that day was to hold. And even the prophet, when God told him what he was about to go do, he feared King Saul. And we get fearful sometimes when God asks us to go do something. Well, I'm not a prophet. Well, how do you know? How do you know you're not? God could use you to prophesy. He's, he's no respecter of persons. And so he, he feared for his life, and, and God said, I got this. Don't worry about it. You just tell him you're going to worship. You know, God already had a plan worked out. He's already got a plan worked out. You know, you, you think about your life sometimes, and, and you know, God's God's got our life. He's already got it laid out on paper, if you will. He already knows how if we were if we were to follow him and do as as we're supposed to, he's already got it all figured out what we're going to do. You know? It's it's foreordained in God's mind for everybody in this city to be doing something for the kingdom, but are they? No. It's it's their decision, isn't it? It was our decision. We we had a choice to make, didn't we? Like David, he had a choice to make of how he was going to live his life and how he was going to spend his time worshiping the Lord and all those things. And he had no idea that he was really preparing himself to be king. But he wasn't worried about that. He was just, he loved the Lord. And God gave him that heart and he he manifested that and he nurtured that and he he built upon that. And, and it's not like I said that his brothers were bad, but maybe they just didn't dedicate themselves like he did. Right? And so he was chosen. And then we, if we go back to, to 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11, it talks about Samuel. Let's go there. 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 through 11. We might not read all that. This is about the young, the prophet that went to call David. 
And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. There was no, there wasn't many prophets around, and so Eli was probably one of the only guys that was, that was really being used by God, and, and so Samuel was being, you know, you know where Samuel came from, right? His mother Hannah wasn't, she was barren, and she had no children. And she went before the, she went to the door of the temple weeping and, and the Eli thought she was drunk. And she said, no, no, I'm not drunk, but I'm the one that I just want a child. And so she, she got what, she got her petition. Eli said, your, your, your prayer is going to be answered. She got her son and she dedicated him to the Lord. And ere the lamp of the, of, of the temple, verse three, and there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel was laid down to sleep. The Lord called Samuel, and, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, unto, Here am I. He said, Here am I. For thou callest me. And he said, I called, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and he, he, and, he and said, Here am I. And he for thou didst call me, and he answered, I didn't call you, my son, go lay down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Sometimes that's where we are. We don't realize the Lord's calling us, right? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he, he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, and for thou didst call me. And, he, and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Oh, it clicked with Eli. Okay. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go and lie down, and it shall be if, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in, in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house which when I began, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which, which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and restrained them not. So God was speaking to Eli about his situation, and then God was in the midst of calling Samuel to step up and begin to take that, that role as a prophet. So in the same instance, Samuel had no idea, and by extension his mother had no idea what she was doing when she dedicated him to the Lord. She had no idea what was about to happen in his life and how he was going to be used, especially with David being king. David leaned on Samuel a lot during his time and his ruling uh, over the people of Israel. And so we don't know what what God has in store for us. We have no idea why we're here. First Samuel 1 and 20 says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about uh, after Hannah had conceived that she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. You know, we, we don't realize sometimes why we're here in this body, in this church. Esther was one of the most unlikely people. She was 
her mom and dad had died, and she was living with her uncle, and the Jews were kind of living in, in this area, and and unbeknownst to anybody that day, Mordecai, her uncle, or her, she had no idea, and all of a sudden the king wanted all the females in the kingdom to come, and he was going to pick his his queen. And God had a plan to save the Jewish nation through a little girl who was an orphan. So don't ever say that God can't use you. Whatever circumstance or situation you're in right now, don't ever say that God can't use you. And God uh, used Esther mightily and Mordecai to some extent. He said in verse uh, 13 and 14 of Esther chapter 4, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there Then shall their in, uh, enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews and from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows? Let's bring it to, to modern day. Who knows if you're not here for more than just being a spectator in a church building? Amen. And Mordecai was trying to get across to his niece, Esther, you've been chosen to be more than just the queen. You've been chosen to be the one person. God positioned you so specifically in that kingdom that you would be the one used to save the people of of Israel from complete destruction. You know. God didn't just call her the queen. God didn't just to that position so she could enjoy all the benefits. So then that she was living in, and it's so much bigger than our little church building. You know, Sister Linda gets up and talks about the and all kind of distant and far away. We really most most of us. So we really, we see it and we hear about it and we see pictures, but we really don't grasp and understand it, what, what they're going through and what they deal with. You know, we live in our society today and in this country where we have the freedoms and liberties that we have and we have the comforts that we have, and they didn't just over in those countries. No idea sometimes what these people are going through, but they feel like they have been called to the kingdom just for such a time as this. Home ownership and and all of the comforts and all the things that they would have if they would just say, yeah maybe God country God's called and God has called each one of us here in this place and all you know those people uh, when he went through all brothers when they when they him as a slave they had idea doing was completely and totally neither did Joseph in the will of God. And Joseph ends up being second in command in all of Egypt and just in order to save family to save the lineage of Christ so that it could continue forward. We look at ourselves today sometimes and we think I'm just a small little cog in a great big wheel. 
but you don't realize that God has every one of us positioned in this place for such a time as this. I've come to encourage you today. Yeah, was, lacrosse was... <laughs> My family said, where are you going? Where, where is that? Right? You know, that's Minnesota. It's right there on the Mississippi River. God, it's, this is not like a forgotten place. Souls here that need to, to hear about Jesus. And as like I told my wife, if it wasn't here, where would it be? If he called me to Alaska, would I go? If I knew he was calling me, I would. And he would make sure I knew that it was him and not just me. <laughs> Who would call their self? <laughs> Praise God. I can use Chances and situations where we, as I was away from the environment that I was in in my hometown, so that he could get me straightened out, get me walking in the straight and narrow walk. I knew if that's the if that's the path I needed to be, it. But I was a those of understand he didn't have much choice. Go through being a slave and doing all things for God to use him to do a mighty thing. So, in the midst of everything you're going through, in the midst of seemingly mundane life that you're living, and you're just thinking, I'm just a little cog in the wheel, dispel the possibility that here for such a time specific. I don't know which one of you it's going to be, but at some point somebody's going to reach the mayor of this city or somebody's going to reach somebody's going to have that connection where they're going to get in front of somebody that's way up there important that God's going to get a hold of. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person. Not so that I can Willingness. We were talking about boldness this morning. When God tells you to do something, do it. And she had to break the rules of the king and go before the king and and risk life. She lived her own life because if you go before the king about being a about being, he could strike you dead right back. And God may ask something that's totally off the wall. Uh, he would never do that here. How do you know? How do you? Amen. He he. Every one of these people that I'm talking to you about, they are people in obscure places, just out there doing their thing and just just minding their own business. I was just minding my own business one day, and the next thing I know, I'm. Baptized in Jesus' name, and I'm coming up out of that water, and something happened. And it's not been the same ever since that day. And there's been one opportunity after another, and I I saw my life and wonder why did He save me? 
because it doesn't seem like I've done anything. But why I spoke throughout of going through this walk and this journey that I, when I was kind of down on myself and saying, I don't know, have, have I done any? Have I had, you know, and they said, you exerted influence on people idea that they had in I taught them a Bible, but I've exerted influence, God's influence on somebody somewhere along the line. And, and I've never forgot those words that that person said that encouraged me, that, let, that reminded me, hey, it's not mine. to do to be out in front and have my name in lights and do all the great things but if if all he ever asks me to do is you know be the second every asks me to do is all the mundane stuff some do that everybody can't be out front everybody can't be joseph but he, how many of you believe in here today that God has chosen you? He's chosen you. Yeah. You're here for a reason. He's chosen you. He he invited you to opportunity to And he's not finished with you yet. He's not. Told a parable about a prisoner in Luke 12. About Matthew, Mark, Luke. And he, he told this story about this farmer and he. You know, he says all this stuff, and and I've got so to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And Jesus said, "How do you know that your life's not going to be asking required of you? This stuff is about stuff." He talked about stuff getting in the way of the will of God. And so Jesus is telling this parable to his disciples because he's saying, much is given, much is going to be required. And so we we got to understand that when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and when we were baptized in Jesus' name, much was given to us. And much is going to, he's going to ask us to do that in the natural and in the flesh we're going to I'm going to do that. But he's called for a purpose and for not to be a spectator. We've been chosen. God knows exactly who the person to choose, the hour and the reason he chooses him. 
He didn't choose us. He didn't choose us to be spectators and church attenders. Amen. Now he, you know, he does say, forsaking ourselves together as a matter of some is. I know it says that, and and so much the more as you see the day, right? So we do need to we do need each other. We need we need to be encouraged and know somebody else out there that's going. And so we do need that fellow that encourage. But God's got even more to unfold in our lives than we can even imagine. So I don't know about you. I just want to find that place like David did, like Esther did, where you know Joseph was down in that. Place. I'm going through all this. All these guys left me in the down here in the dungeon. What was God doing? God was working on His character. So there was some and get that He could put things that he was going to need because he was him to second entire nation right before and I don't know about you but I can't can you does anybody know what's going to happen tomorrow morning so if you're going and if you know if you're going to be blind or deaf my wife with me, a guy that I've known since high school. Well, he was a cousin of a guy I went to high school with, 39 years old, just was washing his car and just, and he's gone. No, Nobody knows why. You don't know. So I don't know about you, but I want to be busy about this. And I'm come to encourage you today. We need to walk righteously. We need to walk holy. We need to because there is a lost world that is looking for something real, not something religious. You can find religion all day long. You know, go the way religion all day long, but something like more than any religion I ever. Saw. This is the Holy Ghost. The power of God is real. This stuff doesn't fall through your hands like sand. This stuff is real. And we have really been called and chosen by him, not just to go and be a spectator. We've been called by him for a purpose and for a reason. Every one of us in his And if you read in the chapter 241, after those added to the kingdom that day, that anybody was left behind. They all went from house to house breaking together and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They all were involved in the kingdom. So we got the thing is that we got to do is figure out, okay God why do you have me here where you have me and what do you to do? And then we be when he says this is what I need you to be doing to say, okay, but I don't understand it. Even if it's just to pray, why can't I there? Why can't I do that? I don't need you to do that. I need you. He needs somebody to be to pray. He needs somebody. To 
speech. He needs somebody to be faithful to. It's all about furthering the kingdom of God. One, one, three in that area talks about um, giving giving diligence to making our calling and election. Each one of us, we've talked about downstairs, and so we it's up to you. to be diligent about our calling and election. You, you have to first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. If you believe that, if you believe he saved you, you got to and get busy. I said it up here before. There's, there's people that I will never, and I've lived here in La Crosse this years, people that I've to do and rub, and rub shoulders and cross there you will God's called you to them you got your own mission field wherever it is you go wherever it is you work you've got your own he's got he's got something if you'll just get busy finding out what it is we have been called and we can all we have been chosen everybody say we have been called we have and it's like being an indentured servant. It's like we're in a spec ops unit and sitting at home, and we're not all of a sudden we get a call and we get it. And all the training, everything that we've done up to this point is all about being activated to be put into service. What he's wanting us to do. He didn't save us to sit us on a pew and make us. He saved us like the, the first church. We've got to go. We are the light. We are his. Like that Casting Crown song says, if we are the body. Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Right? His word. He can't save anybody. Neither can you. Lead them. We can guide that character trait, that, that character of Jesus Christ that we carry with us everywhere we go that draws people. When I when I read that scripture, no man cometh unto him except he draw. I, I just melts my brain. How does he dawned on me through us? He doesn't just us and go around and start drawing people. How's he drawing them through us? How did Jesus? Nicodemus, how did Jesus draw the interest of, of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arizona? How did he draw those people to him? It was all about his attitude. It was all about his character. He something about him that just love and compassion and all these things because he was chosen too to die for us.
he is our he's our example. He, to the highways and the hedges, he invite them to come see come come where I am. Never did that. He went to where they were. He went <clears throat> the houses of sinners. He went to the houses of prostitutes. He allowed someone that was a prostitute to to anoint burial. And they, you turn around in the New Testament that they have with sinners and 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 all those wicked people. Just didn't but sinners to repent. Amen. So we today that we're chosen. I'm come to encourage you today. You're chosen. Purpose and a role. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how between. I don't understand why you're here or not. You just have to realize that he has you're on his timeline. And when and when he moves you, that's his but until he moves you, you got you are where you are and you and I fulfill the thing that God's called me to do to fulfill. He doesn't do anything by accident, does anybody me believe that? It's he's not just goes along. Right? You, everybody say me. Here. For a purpose. God's will be done in your life today. We love, thank you today. We encourage Lord Jesus, each one of these as they go from, they would seek and search for, that you would have them do it with all of their hearts and strength, Lord, that you with every soul and every heart that's added to your kingdom, Lord, through the efforts, through the things that you've called each one of these here to do today, Lord. Let them find that thing. And let them do it with all of their might. Go with us as we go from this place. Cover our pastor, Lord, as he travels today. Cover these people as they go from this place, Lord, and bring us back here again, will, to this place on Wednesday for certain. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody, man, greet one another.